Maybe then you can see me and I can see you Maybe then we'll come together as a people Tired of the pain cause it ain't new Let's come together as a people Even if we don't share the same view Welcome to the Jesus and Everything Foundation podcast. On this show, we look at all problems affecting the world and we discuss how we can solve them using the character of Jesus, unity, and decentralization of resources available to us. The character of Jesus, or as I like to call them, the Jesus character principles, are principles that whether you are a Christian or not, we can all agree on these principles. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. For every episode, we discuss a problem topic from our category list. You can find this list on the Foundation's website, jaef.foundation. We ask ourselves and listeners, what is the goal? What is the vision for this problem category? What are the potential solutions? What are the obstacles? What resources do we need? And what resources do we have? But most importantly, do these solutions and resources pass the character test? The nine Jesus character principles? If yes, then we move on to collaboration. What does this look like? This show is a platform to get the ball rolling on as many problems affecting the world as we can. We want to go beyond just talking about problems. So after the show, we collaborate by acting. First, we open the discussion floor to our listeners. Then we decentralize and open source all of our resources from brain power, manpower, utilities to capital. Before every episode, I like to ask our viewers and listeners, do you ever ask yourself, where are we going? Where is this world going? Time keeps on ticking, the day ends, a new dawn arises, and life goes on. But what is our destination? Do we have any global objectives that unite us when it comes to things like food, security, healthcare, education, or standard of living? It's a fair question to ask. If you work for a company or work for yourself, you have a general idea about your company's vision. Goal. So what is our goal, our overarching vision as the current residents of this planet? What role is your company, your city, your country playing in the big picture? And what role are you who's listening to this playing in this big picture? to this series called Quantum Faith Meets Quantum Physics. It's under our Curious Corner category. You can find the full list of topics we shall cover under this category on our website, 
jf.foundation. That is j-a-e-f.foundation. I'm excited about this series. We are going to be talking about probably two of the most important ancient realms, and yet they are the focal point of our being and existence. And we are going to explore how these two ancient realms affect each other to move the things that we see with our natural eyes. I think this is going to be epic. The first one is the quantum faith realm, a conduit for the spirit realm. The second is the quantum physics realm. Now, we're all familiar with the word physics, and I'm going to assume that at some point during your school life, you studied about physics. Now, lucky for you, there won't be any take-home assignments after listening to this podcast. Anyways, we all know that our natural world, or this physical world that we live in, is governed by natural law. That is, laws of physics. Like the law of gravity, or the law of lift that enables you to fly across the world, and so forth. Now, there is an interesting subject within physics that has emerged. It's called quantum physics or quantum mechanics. And it has turned the whole physics world on its head. It has turned the whole physics world upside down. Why is that so? Because it operates contrary to the laws of classical physics that we have grown accustomed to. What makes quantum physics really interesting is that it operates very similar to how things operate in the spirit realm, that is, in the kingdom of God. What do we know? Turns out Jesus' miracles, such as walking on water, weren't just myths and fables. So we are going to explore these two realms and see how they feed off of each other because our lives are directly affected by each one of them. Now, if you've listened to one of our series called Science is God's Playground, you've probably heard me make this statement. There are two realms, the spirit realm and the natural realm. The spirit realm is cause and the natural realm is effects, hence cause and effects. So in this series, we are going to connect the main force in the spirit realm called faith or quantum faith and its cousin from the unseen physics world called quantum or quantum physics. This will show us how this notion of cause and effects comes into play, how the physical world runs on top of the spirit realm, and how they are always constantly interacting with each other. can change things with our words, that words and faith affect things. Now, this, um, this table uh, looks solid. It absolutely looks solid. It is a thing. It looks solid. But when you get down to the quantum level of it, there are atoms, there are electrons going around the atoms. There is movement in this table, in the actual makeup of the table. That means that it can change forms. If it was burned, it would become energy. Energy becomes uh, matter. Matter becomes energy. But 
the Bible tells us that we can affect matter because uh, Mark 11:23 says, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe. Remember, Jesus said, All things are possible to him that believeth. But shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Now, he said, Whatso that if you say to this mountain, which is an object, be removed and be cast into the sea, and you believe and doubt not in your heart, that whatever you say, if you believe it, it will come to pass. Now, it may not happen instantly, but it will happen because our words and our faith affect things down to the microscopic level, down to every part of the atomic structure. That's why things will respond to faith. What's really fascinating to me is that the more I understand our planet Earth, the more I understand about heaven. And the more I understand about heaven, the more I understand about our planet. You see, Earth was intended, it was always intended to be a copy of heaven. That's why when Jesus taught the disciples how to pray, he said, Thy will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. Thy will be done on earth as it is already done in heaven. I mean, you just have to look around and examine how a certain system functions here on earth and you will have some pretty good insight on how the original in heaven operates and looks like. Let's take online shopping for example. When you go onto an online store to make a purchase, it's nothing but a faith transaction. It really is nothing but a trust transaction. That's all that it is. For starters, you can't touch the product, you can't smell it, you can't hear it, you can't taste it, and you can't see it. You can only see a picture of it and see the reviews about it but those two things the pictures and the reviews they give you enough trust in the vendor to go ahead and make the purchase this is how god's kingdom operates we can't see it with our natural eyes we can't hear it we can't taste it we can't smell it or even touch it but we look at the reviews and images we see described in the Bible and this gives us enough faith it builds up enough faith within us to go ahead and make the purchase Voice of many waters, song of heaven's throne. 
to episode 14 of Quantum Faith Meets Quantum Physics. We ended the last episode on a very, really interesting, uh, almost like rhetorical phrase that was, don't tell me words can't change matter. We opened up we presented a scenario that if you were to schedule an appointment to meet tomorrow at a certain time, two things happen. Words are indeed exchanged. Words are exchanged between you and that person. And the two of you actually showing up at that agreed location and time is because you trust that the other person will show up and the other person also trusts that you will show up. We're saying that everything else that happens from the moment those words are exchanged is to bring those words to pass and not to breach the trust. We say two people can exchange these words over the phone. They don't even have to be a bad text message, a simple phone call. 
However, from the moment the words see you tomorrow at 8 a.m. are released and vocally stamped and confirmed, these words start to move physical things around you. They, they make you go to bed earlier than you, than you normally would so that you can wake up on time. They make you pay for an Uber to get there on time if you're running late. And if taking public trans transit, which is cheaper, will cause you to breach those words, then you find yourself in a situation where, okay, I'll just take an Uber to get there. I was saying, why do we feel bad when we arrive late? If you were to arrive at that appointment late, why would you why would you feel bad about it? We're also saying human beings are were originally created from words. And that's why whenever we breach them, it's painful because we are breaching our own DNA, our own being, our own nature. So we, we kind of ended off at a point where we said entire business models and services in this unit or on this planet, in this world, are basically built to bring words to pass and to avoid breach of trust. What's the whole purpose of legal firms? People go to school for, for uh, five to ten years. Why? So that they can help people who are looking for services where trust, where there could be a breach of trust. So a whole, the words that I've sold my house to you, or I will supply you these number of products every week. Those words cause other people to go to school. <laughs> This universe operates on words. Words exchanged out in the marketplace between businesses is what is causing people to devote eight to 10 years in, in, in whatever, in, in, in um, go, going to law school. Future words, if, if, if just people knowing that they could be a future breach of trust, of words exchanged between two people that they probably have never met, start to move certain human beings on a certain course or path of life. So that at some point down in the future, 10, 15 years, they could be the mediator between words that were exchanged. Don't tell me words cannot move matter, physical matter around. Words change destinies. Words cause people to go to law school. Our whole universe, our whole planet is resting on two pillars, words and trust. When you sign a contract, it's words that you are trusting. 
Basically, that's what it comes down to. When you sign a contract, you, there's not even a physical... Let's say you sign a contract for a job. Your employer doesn't show up with your full salary for the next one year. All they say is that we're going to pay you $100,000 per year. They don't show up with the physical cash. But you sign the contract. Why? It's words that you're trusting. You are trusting the words on that piece of paper. You are trusting that those words will become cash. Ah. So when the Bible says, in the beginning was the word, when it says in the book of John, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. When we read it in the Bible, we say, no, this is hocus pocus. This is, uh, I don't believe this. Well, let's come down here. When you sign a contract with your employer, you are trusting that the words $100,000 per year will indeed become flesh, will indeed become physical cash. And those words now, your employer, those words that you've signed, those words now cause your employer to move in a certain manner so that there's no breach of those words. We're so far removed from the power of words because we use words that don't mean what they actually mean. People say, my feet are killing me, but you're not, they're not literally killing you. Uh, I'm dying to go, but you're not dying to go. People use words. Right now, we live in a fallen world with fallen words. Words don't have the power because they, they can't even move physical. We can't conceptualize that they can move physical matter because we use words that we don't actually, that don't actually mean, you know, we interchange words. Oh, it was a hell of a game to mean something that was good. So we're interchanging words that actually mean something that is bad and using them for experiences that we intend to mean are good. You know, hell is not a fun place. But we kind of throw the word hell around. So we, we, we its power is taken out. We have fallen... From where words used to be in the beginning of the creation of this universe, words were so powerful. Everything moved according to words. When you sign a contract with your employer, you have no knowledge that one year from the time you sign, something will happen and the company will be shut down. You have no idea. You are just trusting the word that the words on that contract will indeed become $100,000. And now your employer has to move. Those words cause your employer 
to seek out more customers, to do this, to do that, so that those words actually become $100,000 back to you. So people go out and get a loan. They get a mortgage. Because they believe that another set of words that promises them revenue and profit will come to pass so that they are able to pay back these words. So you go out, you get a mortgage for a house because you believe and trust that the words on a contract you signed with your employer will actually become flesh, will become physical matter, will turn from just words saying $100,000 on a piece of paper will actually become currency, cash, money, moolah, and it will come back to you. And then you can now go back and pay up, pay back another set of words, the words that were on that mortgage contract. When you hire a lawyer, it's to protect your words, the words that you are exchanging with someone else. And people pay a lot of money just to have a lawyer on standby. People have, have what, what is called a retainer. People will pay a lot of money for that. Just in the event that the words of exchange with someone else are breached, you have a lawyer on standby. Let's look at another scenario. When you get married, what binds you? Your freaking words. I'm just throwing out all this. I have to show you that words actually move physical matter around. Words can create physical matter. Words create business models. Words create services. When you get married, what binds you? It's your freaking words. You don't get married by, by bringing a chain and both of you wear this chain together and then that's what people go, no, 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 no. It's your freaking words. It's these words. I love you and I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Those words now bind you in a good way. I mean, they've bound up some people in a bad way. But the words, I love you and I want to spend the rest of my life with you, from the moment you say them and you certify them with I do, those two simple words, I do, from that very second, those words start to move matter around you. Those words start to move people towards you or away from you. Just because you said I do starts to move other men away from you because now they say you are no longer available or they start to move other women away from you because they, because they say you are no longer available. Do you see how words actually move physical matter? These words that you say at the altar, I do, words that you can't even see, 
they start to determine what you can and can't do. Everything that becomes action of what you can and can't do started out is now coming out of two simple words, I do. Think about it. Think about it. The words I do that you said, the altar, they start to determine what you can and can't do. They move people away from you. They move things away from you. They bring other things to you. They move matter to you. You can't even see these words when you say them. And it becomes binding. And it costs a lot of money to cancel those words. It costs a lot of heartache. Families are destroyed and ripped apart. People kill each other because of a breach of those two words, I do. The only reason this world runs on words is because it was created by words. That's the only explanation. You know, they say sometimes in order to understand what a thing is, you have to look at what it isn't. The only reason this world runs on these two pillars of words and trust is because this world was initially created by words. There's no other reason that words will have so much impact, will be involved in everything we do today, in how everything moves, in how businesses are built, physical structures being built up just to protect the trust and not breach words exchanged by people. If really this world was not created by words, there's no way. There's a, the, the scripture, there's a verse in the, in the, there's a scripture that says, every seed produces after its own kind. Every seed produces after its own kind. We are words. This world was created by words. So that's why everything being produced is to protect words. Now, this is another side journey here. The theory of evolution can really be analyzed with everyday evolution. The theory of evolution can really be analyzed with everyday evolution. Now, I like to look at evolution differently. In the sense of evolution is real and we experience it every day. Evolution is real and we experience it every day. But evolution's roots are still tied to words. Every single day, 
evolution happens to us. We evolve. Evolution happens to us and around us. But it only happens on the back, on the back of words that have been exchanged. We'll look at an example. I like to always use this principle. If you can't solve a problem microscopically, zoom out microscopically. And if you can't find the answer microscopically, then zoom in microscopically. You can use everyday evolution using the scenarios that I just went through to see that we can conclude that our micro everyday evolution only starts to happen when words are exchanged. I'm just going to repeat that. We can use we can look at this principle of everyday evolution using the scenarios I just went through to conclude that our micro everyday evolution only starts to happen when words are exchanged. My world and your world physically start to evolve when we agree that we will meet tomorrow at 9 a.m. You see, people, people just throw around these terms, evolution theory, and they just stay on one side of the aisle. But there's a way in which we can analyze these big concepts and, and really see that there's fundamental principles, even with things that we may not fully understand. We may not be able to understand them at their, micro, at their macro level, but if we come down and look at some micro uh, mirror images, we might be able to now start to understand why that thing happens at that level. Meaning, we, we, we look at the thing outside the box. So yes, evolution theory is real. It's real here. The theory of evolution, but how do you analyze it? To really understand the theory of evolution, evolution, what people call the theory of evolution, you need to, to look at everyday evolution. But evolution's roots are still tied to words. Everyday evolution happens to us and around us, but it only happens on the back of words exchanged. And I'm going to present this example, but what I'm saying is that my world and your world physically start to evolve when we agree that we will meet tomorrow at 9 a.m. It becomes even more interesting and more intense changes or more intense evolution happens to the physical matter around or to the physical world around us. Saying the words, see you tomorrow at 9 a.m. creates different physical changes from see you tomorrow at 7 a.m. We can all agree. Different signals are sent just through your body 
And the kind of planning you'll have to do, the time of waking up you'll have to do, the time of going to bed that you'll have to do. Just changing the words 9 a.m. to 7 a.m. Saying the words see you tomorrow at 9 a.m. creates different physical changes from saying see you tomorrow at 7 a.m. If we schedule a morning meeting for 7 a.m. for a whole month, and I happen to go to bed at 1 a.m., but I need to wake up at 5 a.m. to get ready and without fail be at the meeting location by 7 a.m. After those 30 days, there could be negative physical changes to me physiologically. Yes, there could be negative physical changes to me physiologically. Now, let's extrapolate this. If I had to do this for a whole year, I will actually be looking older by the end of that year. And worse, I might develop anxiety, stress, and all kinds of disorders. Right? So, someone who is looking a certain kind of way I agreed to the word, see you tomorrow, every, every day, for the rest of the year, we have a meeting at 7 a.m. tomorrow, but for some reason, this person can only go to bed at 1 a.m., maybe because of poor habits or whatever, but without a shadow of a doubt, they must wake up at 5 a.m. to be at the appointment location by 7 a.m. After one whole year of this stringent schedule, regimen, they will actually look older by the end of that year. And during the course of the year, they might develop anxiety, stress, and other kinds of disorders. So let me ask, where did this one-year physical evolution come from? Where did this one-year physiological evolution come from? If you go back, it will be at the root of words that were exchanged. It started with the words that were exchanged between two people that agreed that every day they'll meet at 7 a.m. And because without a shadow of a doubt, they couldn't break those words, and because of the time intensity needed not to breach the trust, that you have to be there at 7 a.m. every single day. It doesn't matter whether you have eight hours of sleep or four hours of sleep or two hours of sleep. Now your body is showing physical evidence of the effect of those words. So is evolution theory real? It is. Depends how you look at it. But all I'm saying is that evolution doesn't happen without words. So no matter if you want to say that the world was created, that we evolved, at the end of the day, you have there's no way you can ignore the words in the beginning, God created heaven and earth, and God said, words created. Words created our inception. Our inception was from words. 
I've just shown you how a physiological evolution process can happen in one year with evidential physical changes. But it all started with one person agreed when one person shook a hand deal with another person saying, every day, I'll see you at 7 a.m. And the person who's now physically looking older, perhaps with anxiety, depression, stress, other kinds of disorders, is because they can't break that trust of 7 a.m. And so whether they have eight hours of sleep or four hours of sleep, their body is starting to show. If they are the kind of person who cannot go to bed at who only goes to who 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 goes to bed as late as 1 a.m. Their body is starting to show that they have evolved. And what would happen if it wasn't just for one year? If it wasn't just for one year. Let's look at some of the variables that could come into play in this scenario. Routine and discipline. If I am disciplined, I will eliminate all activity from my evenings and night that will hinder me from going to bed early. But the other person with, with, with no discipline or routine who stays up until 1 a.m. and then has to be up at 5 to get to our appointment by 7 a.m. 10 years in, after 10 years, the person without discipline is showing 10 times more wear and tear physically than the person who kept a routine and went to bed early and had enough rest. This person without discipline has now developed health complications and their physical body has not only changed, but the world around them has taken a different form. It started out with words. It has now turned into health complications 10 years in, they look older, they're stressed out, develop health complications. Their physical body has not only changed, but the world around them has also taken a different form. What do I mean? They can no longer do certain things. the effects of these health complications have now piled up. They can no longer do certain things. They can't spend as much time hanging out with their spouse because of certain limitations. They now need to spend more money on health insurance for this condition. They need more visits to the doctor, to the counselor, to the psychologist, you name it. But if you came across them without the context that I've just laid out, you might think that their life started out this way, but that's not true. 
It was because inherently they needed to not breach the trust of words that were exchanged. And because they lacked discipline, they went through a daily crashing, intense pressure to bring those words to pass. And this current physical condition that you see them in is just the result. So once again, all this to say this, don't tell me words can't change matter. So, you know, getting away from just talking about matter and things, we actually do produce energy of faith, an actual energy of faith that draws the things to us that we speak. Yeah, the scripture talked about that uh, the blessings of God will overtake you. And, and that's in the Old Testament, saying the blessing of the law. Mm -hmm. You know, we're redeemed from the curse, but we're not that's redeemed right. from the blessing. Thank God. And a uh, 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 humorous story, but it's a true story. Uh, you've heard me tell it, but uh, I want to tell it again myself. But anyway, a friend was with me fishing one time, and, and he kept saying, there's not any fish in here. He said, said, there's not any fish on this side of the lake. We were fishing the lake. He's fishing one side, and I was fishing the other. It was wading water. It was shallow lake. And uh, so all the way down there to the fishing deal, he was telling me that I know you're going to catch a lot of fish, but I never catch any fish. I just never can catch fish. Well, I finally said to him, let's trade sides of the lake. So he started walking over to my side, and I started walking over to his side. A bass came out of the water that looked like he weighed five or six pounds and started and jumped about six or eight feet to the side of the lake I was going to. And he said, now they're all going to your side of the lake. And, and I just held it as long as I could. I said, I don't blame them. I wouldn't stay over with all that unbelief either. I'd go where there's some, some uh, positive things being released. Okay. And I just stopped and, and taught him a little bit on the power of words. I said, one of your problems is, is your mouth. You're speaking doubt, fear, and unbelief, and it creates it. It causes him to do things to cause it, it to happen. But uh, it does, faith creates an aura around you, and it'll draw the blessing of God, uh, and, and the curses will run off of you like water off a duck's back. That's right. Don't tell me words can't change matter. If you meet them 10 years after, 20 years after, you might think that this is how it started. But if you really go back to the beginning, it was because inherently they needed not to breach the 7 a.m. contract. But they lacked discipline. And because this crushed them daily, intense pressure piled up, health complications were developed, stress, anxiety. And now these are causing money to move into the hands of other people to take care of them. And the physical condition that you now see is just the result of a breach of not wanting to breach the 7 a.m. contract. So, yes, I believe the words in Genesis chapter one, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. Selah. This was episode 14 of Quantum Faith Meets Quantum Physics. In the next episode, we'll continue exploring the two pillars that our world operates on, words and trust. We'll look at different scenarios of how words and trust 
move physical matter around us. Your host for today was Calvin Cavanda. Thanks for listening and see you on the next episode. Love me.